In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today is the first Sunday of the Blessed Month of Atur, and the month of Atur is the month before the month of Kiyak. And of course, in the month of Kiyak is when we celebrate the Nativity, or the Incarnation of our Lord uh, Jesus Christ. So to prepare us for the reception of the Divine Word of God, the Logos of God, the Church in this month speaks to us about the Word of God. And this is why this week and next week we hear about this uh, parable about the sowers. Um, but I'd like to focus this morning a little bit about what the Lord said after He told them the parable, before He uh, interpreted the parable for them. And between here He said a phrase, He said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Of course, the Lord is not referring here to physical hearing, right? Because He said the parable to them and He knows that they paid attention and they heard the, heard the message. But what he's, what he's explaining to them is that do they hear it, understand it, and then abide by it? Sometimes we use this kind of language, you know, uh, we refer to hearing as doing in our common language. Like we'll say to our children when they're not obeying us, we say, why aren't you listening to me? Do you not hear what I said? We're not speaking here about the physical hearing. We're asking them, why don't you obey what I'm saying to you, is what we intend to say. And then after this, the Lord interpreted for them. So he says, he who has an ear, let him hear. Right? So they heard, and now he's explaining the parable to them so that they can be the ones to hear. This is why at the end, he blesses them for the hearing, and we'll, we'll close with this. I want to speak a little about the, the message of God. God sends messages to us, and he sends messages actually to everyone. Um, and he sends a message not only to those who want to hear him, but also those who don't want to hear him, right? You know, this is how the rest of the world sometimes, you know, uh, comes to the knowledge of the truth, is because God speaks with them uh, individually, and speaks with their heart to search for the truth. So God speaks with those who want to hear him and also those who don't. Why? So in the last day, no one will be able to say, the message of God never made it to me. But everybody will receive this message in one way, shape, or form. And he speaks to us in various ways. Like I said, he can speak to somebody in their heart directly, or he can speak to somebody with their mind. There are some people who are very um, uh, rational, and God speaks to them. For example, the people who are in the apologetics, right? The reason why we have this apologetics you know, sector is for those who want uh, to be convinced by the mind or be um, convicted by the mind. Of course, it's not always sufficient because... We can't, you know, always uh, comprehend the, the mysteries of God. But to some degree, I need to be some kind of uh, a, a mental, you know, um, work of God. Also, sometimes God works with us by sending us a word in the right time. You know, I, I could hear the same thing, but there might be a situation in my life. But when I hear the same word that perhaps I've heard before, it means something different now. Again, this is the work of God uh, speaking to us. Sometimes he sends his message in a book that we read. You know, uh, what made St. Augustine become St. Augustine because he read the life of Anthony, right? By St. Athanasius. Um, also, sometimes maybe a sermon. What made St. Anthony go to the desert was what he heard in a sermon. But if here it was God's message being sent to him individually, but it was a message that was sent, was sent to everybody in the church. But he felt that this message was for me individually. 
Perhaps God speaks to us in a message of a form of advice from someone. You know, we're seeking guidance and somebody comes and gives us a piece of advice that perhaps we never, you know, forget and we live by. At the end of the day, no one can say that God's message has not reached them. And this message can be delivered to us in various ways as we see in Scripture. It can be, uh, you know, in visions and dreams, which not every vision and dream is from God, but perhaps this might be a way that certainly is in Scripture. Um, it could be some uh, a direct voice of God, like as any we saw also, you know, in Scripture with Paul. It can be um, uh, maybe through one of the words of the apostles in Scripture. It could be maybe through one of the priests or deacons or servants. There can be many ways in which the message of God is delivered to us. What is the purpose of the message? There are many purposes. The purpose of the message can be for guidance. Could be maybe if you know um, don't know which way to choose, and God sends us a message to guide us in the direction He'd like us in. It could be perhaps uh, to correct us. You know, maybe I'm walking in the wrong way, and then somebody sends somebody to send me a message that to try to wake me up. Hey, you're going the wrong way. You need to change your course. It could be maybe to be reconciled to God. Somebody might come and tell you, you know, Habibi, Habibti, when was the last time you confessed? Your parent might say this. This could be a message from God or it's a message from God telling you maybe it's time to reconcile. I see your life isn't going in the the right way. And we can maybe, friends can say this to one another uh, directly or indirectly. Perhaps God's message is sent to us to give us a blessing, a word of a blessing, a word of comfort. Right? And a word of encouragement. Despite the various means and purposes, there are many who have ears, but do not hear the words of salvation or do not hear the messages of God. So I want to speak a little bit about this, uh, focus a little bit about this. What is it that deafens our ears to his message? We all have ears, but sometimes we don't hear. So what is it that deafens our ear to hearing this message of God that he sends to us. I think the first one is when we hear sermons, right? When I hear a sermon, sometimes we listen to a sermon, we listen to a word, and what's the first thing we think? Yeah, right? If somebody was just here that heard this sermon, and this sermon was just for them, maybe I'll send it to them. So maybe we come and we listen to the sermon to see who I can share with who needs it. But it's never about, maybe this message is for me, right? So the person sometimes who deafens his ear thinks that every message is for anybody else but him or herself, right? Also, um, maybe what deafens my ear is the passion of my position or my status. And we saw this with the scribes and Pharisees. They deafen their ears to the words of salvation and the conviction and the proof that Christ was the Messiah because if he's the Messiah, that means they're out of a job. That they're out of a job. We look at many of the saints in the church, like St. Maurice who were in, uh, and St. Uh, Bohemius and St. George, who held high positions in military and in, in government. And they were willing to give that up for the sake of their faith. And if you remember St. Damiana's father, St. Mark, he had a high position. And because of this, he denied Christ. And she sent him a message and said to him what? I would have rather heard that you were dead than you denied Christ. So sometimes for the passion of possession, or of position 
and status, we might deafen our ears because I don't, not willing to give up whatever it is that perhaps I worked for and I grew. Perhaps the passion of anger keeps our ears closed. You know, Cain, before he killed his brother Abel, God saw that he was angry and he was wrathful. But God came to him and he appeared to him and said, Cain, don't you know if you offer the right sacrifice, I will accept you? He was blinded to this. He did. He heard him, but he didn't understand. He was so enraged with anger that even the message that God tried to send him to save him from this sin, he blocked out of his ear. The same, of course, goes with Samson. He wanted a woman from the Philistines, and his parents said, no, in our tradition we marry people from our tribe. This leads to another one, the possession of the flesh, which we'll get to in a minute. Let me proceed that by the possessions of, of, the, of the passion of possessions. The passion of possessions. We see this again in the rich, rich young ruler. And what's interesting about his situation is when he came to the Lord, he said, what is it that I can do that I may inherit eternal life? And the Lord responded and said, if you want to enter life, keep the commandments. And he responded. And he said, what commandments should I keep? So he said to him, well, you should don't murder, don't commit adultery, don't steal, don't bear false witness, honor your father and mother. The Ten Commandments that they were all very familiar with. And he said, do these and you shall live. And then the young man responded and said, all these things I have kept from my youth, what do I still lack? So he looked at the commandments and he kept them. But the Lord said, there's one thing you lack. Go, sell what you have, give to the poor and come after and follow me. He told him this because he knew his attachment to his possessions. He knew his attachment to his possessions. And of course we know the end of the story, he goes away sorrowful because he wasn't able to give it up. What makes this story, this story very relatable is sometimes we do this with the Word of God. We take the Word of God as if it's like a buffet or a recommendation. When you say, you know what, today my appetite is to be charitable, to be helpful, but not to forgive someone, not to sacrifice myself, not to witness to the Lord, right? We think it's just a buffet and we kind of pick and choose. So the Lord here picked out the one thing that perhaps was his lacking. And he picked it out and we'll see if he was willing to give that up. Right? So there was a possession of passions that kept him blind to the word of the Lord and the invitation of the Lord to follow him. There's also the passion of the flesh. King Solomon was the wisest man that we know in the whole world. Um, ever was and perhaps will ever will be. And then it says in First Kings chapter 11, But King Solomon loved many foreign women, as well as the daughter of Pharaoh, women of the Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Sidonians, and Hittites, from the nations of the Lord, has had to the children of Israel, you shall not uh, intermarry with them, nor they with you. Surely they will turn away your hearts after their gods. Solomon clung to these in love or lust. So the warning was, be careful of this passion of the flesh because they will turn your heart away from the Lord. Although he knew and gave us all of the Proverbs, but yet he himself was weak and he fell into this. And certainly they turned their uh, his heart away from the Lord. So although he heard and knew the word, but he was he was deafened to it at this time in his life. Of course, we, we believe that after, you know, the book of Ecclesiastes is like his confession. 
at the end of his age, he comes up, he comes and he confesses what he's done and how he was blinded to this. And that's why he says, all is vanity. It's like grasping for the wind. All of these passages are grasping for the wind. Everything will fade. So he warns us of the passion of the flesh can certainly deafen one's ear. My pride can deafen my ear to the word of God. When the Lord had told Jonah to go and preach to the Ninevites, he was a prophet for the believers, for the Jews at the time, right? And this was his calling. So when God tells him to go to the Ninevites and go preach to the Gentiles, again, he said, okay, if I go there, I know my God, he's very kind, and he'll forgive them, and then, you know, I will look bad. I will look bad, because I'm a prophet to the Jews, and the Jews say, okay, the Jews are one thing, and the Gentiles are another thing, and these aren't, you know, good people. And now I'm going to go there, and God's going to show them mercy. How am I going to look among my brethren? So he blinded his ear, because he, he didn't want to go against his pride. He didn't want to humble himself and just be obedient. Right? Sometimes my pride will blind me from hearing the right message. My wife or husband might say something that makes sense and very reasonable, but because it touches my pride, I say, no way. I'm going to stick to what I said. This, but at least the last one is the stubbornness. Stubbornness sometimes can blind our ear. The unreasonable insistence on my opinion or my word. Despite the contrary, you know, somebody might tell you something that's logical and makes sense. But because it's what I said, it's got to stay with it. And perhaps I have no reason for doing it. But because my word came out, then I must stick to it. On a positive side, who are those who have ears that heard? That heard the message of God and it went into their mind and they became obedient to it. If you look at Abraham in many instances in his life, from the very beginning when God called him, he said to him, get out of your country from your family and your father's house to land I will show you. And he had nothing else to go by. And what did he do? He listened. He obeyed. He wanted to leave, and his father said, I'm going to tag along with him. He said, okay, you can come, but I'm leaving as God instructed me. And he left. When God appeared to him another time and told him, uh, take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him as a burnt offering on, the mount, on one of the mountains that I will tell you. He says, the next verse says what? He rose up early in the morning. Just like that, as if he was excited to offer him his only son Isaac. He says, Hadri. He got used to it. I hear the word of God and I obey it. No questions asked. He's trustworthy. Lot, when the angel came to tell them that God's going to condemn this city and to burn it, he said to his family, let's go. And I'm sure his wife says, no, why do you, why do you believe these people? Let's stay here. And he said, no, the angel said, we should go. We should go. We should go. And he said, no, we need to go. And she said, no, we need to stay. And then finally he convinced her to go and she goes reluctantly. But he listened. Right? He heard the word and it echoed in his ear and he obeyed. The angels in heaven, they obey him. They hear his voice and obey. In Psalm 103 he says what? Bless the Lord you his angels who excel in strength, who do his word heeding the voice of his word. Do you know when we pray in the Lord's prayer, we say, um, thy will be done as what? On earth as it is in heaven. Why? Because the will of God is obeyed in heaven ultimately, absolutely, immediately, right? 
So we pray that the will of God in my life and those around me are just as it is in heaven. As the angels who obey Him, they hear His word and obey immediately. This is what we wish for ourselves and those who are around us. Matthew the disciple, whose name was Levi, a tax collector. The Lord came to him and said, come follow me. And it says he got up off the tax office, left everything and followed him. He heard the word of God and obeyed. Peter and Andrew, they were fishermen. The Lord said, come after me, I'll make you fishers of men. And they left everything and they followed him. St. Paul or Saul of Tarsus was on the road to Damascus. And he was invited by the Lord to follow him, and he obeyed, and he followed. The difference between those who are righteous, my beloved, and those who perhaps are wicked, is that one hears and the other doesn't. One hears and the other doesn't. We all, everyone in the world, will hear the message of salvation. One way or another. A message from God. But some choose to close their ear, and some choose to open their ears and their hearts, and obey the word that they here. The Lord Christ blessed his disciples because they heard his words and abided by them and obeyed him. He said to them, Blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For most assuredly I say to you, many prophets and righteous men desire to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. Perhaps this message is for us. How many of those who lived in the Old Testament wished to live a day in the new covenant era where we have the word of God accessible to us and in front of us and we have the means of salvation available to us and we have the absolute truth that we know and we experience. They wished for a day in our shoes and we have it. What is God's message to me? And do I obey or are my ears deaf? May God grant us ears that are open to him and keep us away from anything that deafens our ear. To him be the glory forever. Amen.